Live from our studio in Babson Park, Massachusetts, it's the Fred Obi Show, where we unpack history to positively impact the future. I am Fred Opie, your host. Thanks for joining us live or listening to the podcast. I'm going to talk about African foodways are like jazz uh, and colonial improvisations in Africa and America. But this is um, a quote from Wyndham Marcel. Improvisation is creating as you go along. Jazz musicians play by ear and from printed music, and then they improvise or give solos. Okay, But similarly, my argument tonight is that so do cooks. Any good cook, and, and one of the things that, that I want you to understand is particularly in the African-American tradition, which is rooted in West and Central Africa, most of the people that came to the Americas came from West and Central Africa, they did not come from a literate uh, history or culture. They came from oral history cultures. And one of the things that they did is you had, in every community, you had a griot that taught one generation to the other generation the history. But when it came to cooking, cooking came, the, the recipes that one had in a, in a particular culture was passed down from one woman to another woman, generation to generation. The same way that you have some fantastic, well-known, legendary jazz artists that never learned how to read, they played by ear. You had others that learned how to read music. Same way when you look at cooks, you have some cooks to strictly oral history. And that's how their recipes were passed down from one person to the other. But they also had, you have cooks who uh, cook based on printed history. But just like a jazz artist, a good cook, a recipe, a written recipe is just an outline. It's just, it's just a starting place. Things don't stay there. It just gives you an ideal what you're supposed to be doing, gives you a parameter, and then you solo after that. So let me give you some notable examples, and I'll play some, uh, some music from, these, from Louis Armstrong. Some of these songs that uh, you all may recognize, La Cucaracha. Again, it's a Mexican ballad that most people say dates back to 1819. Okay? Now, Armstrong, in 1935, does his interpretation. He improvises off of this, and I want you to take a listen to it. There you go. Scats. Take some Mexican ballot and scats. Just like a good jazz artist, if you're cooking, you do the same thing. So what changes our culture? What changes our cooking? What changes our music? Migration. Migration affects our music. It affects our culture. It affects our cultural identity. You know, what happens, <laughs> I'm thinking of my own situation. I, I've, I'm native of New York, born in the Hudson Valley. Now I've moved up to Boston. And, you know, it's a big change. <laughs> conversion. When you have conversion. Let's say you marry somebody of a different faith, and you need to bend, you begin to make changes in your diet. What happens if you marry somebody? Now you may have been you may have been born and raised Jewish, but you didn't you weren't eating kosher. Now you start eating kosher. What if you're a person who converts from uh, the Protestant faith to the Catholic faith, or vice versa? What if you convert to Islam? All these things will affect how you eat. It will affect your music. All these things will be affected. And then lastly, assimilation. You're looking to recreate home in that new place. So if there are certain foods that you ate, you're looking in the grocery stores, do they have those same type of things? Now, 
This is a dish from a uh, tilapia dish from Nigeria and Senegal. And one of the things that many people don't know is that tilapia is one of the most abundant fishes in the, the Niger River Valley of West Africa. And so you'll see a lot of dishes from that region made with tilapia. Now, the tomato part, let's, let's get into the ingredients so you can see. And I have the slides broken down based on the recipes on where the actual the ingredients came from. This is where it gets interesting to me when we talk about improvisation. That is, what, do you, what happens when you are, you're introduced or you have migration? And most, one of the most important migrations that we'll talk about is what happens when Asians bring plants to Africa and then when the Portuguese arrive. So as you look at the, the recipe, this is what's in, these are plants that are all indigenous to Africa and, and foods that are indigenous to Africa. You've got tilapia, peanut oil, vegetable oil, flour. When we talk about vegetable oil, you're going to hear me talk about dende oil or palm oil, okay? It's a kind of a red oil. Sea salt. Sea salt is really important. Sea salt is one of the things that, when you talk about the intercontinental slave trade, sea salt was used to trade for Africans. So Africans would trade other Africans for slaves using things like sea salt. Sea salt was like a luxury item. It was, it was, it was very much a luxury item. The show will be right back. Visit our website at fredopi.com. Check out our podcast archive and review the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can find all my information on my uh, website, fredopi.com. There's a food blog. For those who don't know, I work as a food historian, and there's a ton of really interesting content and recipes on there. You can see the link to my book page. You can see all six books that I've published in my most recent one, Start With Your Gift the real deal about life and getting ready for life, it's there. If you are planning an event and you're looking for a guest speaker, let me know if you're interested in having me come to speak. I love coming and speaking. Welcome back to this edition of the Fred Opie Show. If you were going to impress a guest, if you had a function like this and you're an African chief and you could, and you're going to put out a spread like this, there'd be plenty of sea salt. Matter of fact, sea salt was so important, it was a wedding gift. If you were a, 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 a family who gave your bride or your, your daughter away as a bride, a return gift, part of the dowry from the, other, from the family receiving your daughter, was a big block of salt. Um, if the daughter was proven to be a virgin, you got a solid block of salt. <laughs> if she was not a virgin, they gave you a block of salt with a big hole drilled through the middle. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. All right, now these are these are these are plants and spices that come from Asia, and this. All right, I'm talking now pre-Columbian exchange, pre-1492 ingredients introduced to Africa via Madagascar, and from Madagascar would go across the continent. All right, things like garlic, all these here listed: lemon zest, onions, black pepper. Timeric, sugar, mango, all come from Asia, different parts of Asia. Introduced to the Africans, incorporated into their cuisine, improvisation by African cooks before 1492. Tomatoes, an American plant. Okay, now this happens a little bit later on as the Portuguese were the first on the scene and the, and the African slave trade is monopolized by the Portuguese up until around 1680 when the Dutch break that monopoly. So it's the Portuguese introducing American plants like tomatoes. 
it, it's it's roughly about the date that that we have is roughly around 14. 92, 14, 93, 1501, thereabouts, there's a castle established by the Portuguese that gives them monopoly control of the slave trade. Now, this is from one of the sources I used to write my book, Hagenomini, and it was a travel account. And this is, listen very carefully, the Negroes of the Castle of Mina. Now, this, is, this is a Portuguese fort used for the slave trade. So around this fort, as good entrepreneurs, Africans participated and selling products, finished goods, like cornbread, as you see, maize bread. So the corn was introduced from the Americas by the Portuguese. The Africans quickly had sources before the African slave trade, before people brought to the Americas. The Africans are planting maize in their, in their fields, growing it, and making cornbread, which is so important when you talk about African American foodways, whether it's here in North America, Brazil, or the Caribbean. So this is something going on. So they're making this and they're selling it to the Portuguese as used for supplies in the fort as well as during the African slave trade. Two ways that Africans essentially processed their fish and used their fish was either fresh or they salted it, dried it out and salted it. And you know, the other day I actually took some, uh, some flounder and put it in my food dehydrator, dehydrated it, and then put it in a plastic bag. It can sit, it can sit anywhere in my house without being refrigerated forever. And then... Yesterday, when it's this time to cook a meal for my children, I'm sitting there thinking, all right, what am I going to do? Oh, I got my dehydrated, you know, you know, flounder. Took it out, put it in a pot, some vegetables, took some uh, uh, what uh, seasoning I have from, from New Orleans I use for, for uh, making gumbo and made a, made a fish gumbo right, right there out of a dehydrated drink. This is typical of what Africans would do long before they came to the Americas. Cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper originates, most scholars pointed to uh, Central America. Capsium, all right, Central America. All right, green peppers, America. Jalapeno peppers, most people contribute that to South America, okay? And then cassava, cassava, South America. Again, these were plants that the Portuguese introduced to the Africans, particularly introduced them to the Africans, and then they used them to actually supply their ships. The largest migration that happened, you know, during the colonial period is the arrival of Africans. But we also seem to forget that you have numbers, large numbers of Europeans coming over. So now the Africans are moving into areas of the New World, and they're now assimilating next to Europeans of all different varieties. And every one of these Europeans comes with their own food traditions and food ways. In addition to that, they're now interacting with Native Americans and absorb their food waste. Now, chicken we haven't talked about. In, in Africa, I found that there were two types of fowl. There were guinea fowl that were local, and then there were fowl that were introduced uh, from, from Asia. And both those types actually came over to the Americas during the African slave trade. Pork was introduced to, by Europeans to Africa as well as the Americas. Anybody know what this is? Aki and codfish, the national dish in Jamaica. This is the plant Aki, comes from West Africa. This is Kalaloo, which is kind of like uh, cilantro, spinach, you know, kind of the Caribbean version of collard greens. That's a wrap for this show. Thanks for listening. To hear more content like it, go to fredopi.com. If you have questions about advertising and sponsoring this show, contact us at fdopie at gmail.com. That's F-D-O-P-I-E at gmail.com.